0: Thank you. Welcome to Sigma Tiger News, where you come get some of that hot, juicy, beefy news for your day. This is the Tiger's take on the news. So I just want to say thank you to all my day oneers. Thanks to all my new SIG-tigs that come and join. want to find out what's going on in the world today. Like and subscribe. Share the link with your parents your grandparents, your kids, your friends, let them all know what's going on in the world today. If you're curious about financial information, check out at Sigma Tiger Trade on YouTube. That channel we're talking about. Cryptocurrency, foreign exchange, risk assets, okay? Stock market. How do I invest? Should I buy Apple? Should I buy Microsoft? What about NVIDIA? What do I do with this extra money I got for Christmas? You can invest it. I'll let you know how. Check out at Sigma Tiger Trade. If you like text-based news, you don't want to listen to the tiger, you want to read what he thinks, go ahead and check out at Sigma Tiger News on Twitter. So today we're looking at MSN. We got a bunch of interesting articles to have a look at. MSN is a great aggregate site. It has tons of content that is Left-leaning, right-leaning, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican, all kinds of stuff. Also some center stuff. So let's go ahead. Let's have a look. What's happening here today? Chinese spy balloons linked to hypersonic missile program to prepare for merciless attacks on U.S. This is an article by Samirap Chowdhury for K News. High-altitude spy balloons from China are linked to the nation's hypersonic missile program, according to a new report. Knews.com has learned that the report, prepared by a group of researchers at China's National University of Defense Technology, was made public in Beijing in October. The U.S. Air Force shot down an alleged spy balloon from China on the South Carolina coast in February 2023. Spy balloons have been used by China for surveillance and gathering info, from faraway targets for a while now, but the latest findings link them with something deadlier. The spy balloons fall under. The command of the Strategic Support Force, a separate branch of the military in China, in charge of espionage, cyber attacks, and electronic and psychological warfare. According to reports prepared by the National University of Defense Technology entitled Near Space Operations Command, the military of China is trying to set up a command that will control both high-altitude surveillance balloons as well as hypersonic missiles. Okay, so uh, a lot of people believe that the spy balloons were related to uh, Chinese spying, things like that. Now a report is linking them to hypersonic weapons. So a hypersonic weapon would be something that can go beyond the speed of sound. Very difficult to uh, deter or shoot down, I would imagine. Michael Lissner, founder and principal of Space Law and Policy Solutions, has contested China's claims about near space being a sovereign lawless zone, claiming that the nation is deliberately trying to stir legal ambiguity and calling China's argument a dangerous one. So China is stating that the near space, or within Earth's orbit, is free zone. It is sovereign. You can... uh, Or it's unchartered territory, unclaimed, outside of international law. So that's how they're getting away with some of this uh, spy balloon stuff. All right. Sam Altman, the uh, founder of OpenAI. His new order doesn't include OpenAI's chief scientist. Here's a story coming from Gizmodo by Maxwell Zeff. Sam Altman officially returned as CEO of OpenAI Wednesday, bringing back his party, which includes Greg Brockman as president, Mira Murati as CTO, and new board members. OpenAI's co-founder, former chairman, and chief scientist Ilya Sutskever is not back yet, and his position at the company is yet to be determined. I love and respect Ilya. I think he's a guiding light of the field and... A gem of a human being, said Sam Altman in a press release. I harbor zero ill will towards him while Ilya will no longer serve on the board. We hope to continue our working relationship and are discussing how he can continue his work at OpenAI. So he was one of the uh, board members who uh, pushed for the ouster of Sam Altman, which lasted all but three days before there was internal pushback to have him reinstated. Many people are wondering what led to his dismissal. Some are uh, are speculating that it has something to do with artificial general intelligence, meaning that uh, their system of their language learning model, their artificial intelligence system, has begun to uh, develop the ability to solve problems of which it has no background in such as a math problem. And uh, it's believed that their Q QSTAR uh, department or program part of the AI has uh, reached artificial general intelligence, meaning that it's able to do math problems at a grade school level. And it will learn exponentially from that point on. So the board, it's alleged that the board felt that uh, he wasn't communicating this information and they... Uh, They canned him. But he's back because of internal conflict against the board. And the board is out. So here we go. Karine Jean-Pierre storms out of White House press briefing when pressed by African reporter. Fox News, Brandon Gillespie. White House press secretary Karine Jean-Pierre angrily stormed out of Thursday's press briefing after being pressed by African reporter on why he wasn't being called on to ask a question. The clash marks the latest run-in between Jean-Pierre and Simon Ateba of Today News Africa, who accused the White House in June of discrimination for not allowing him to ask any questions during the briefings. Can I ask you a follow-up on Angola? Ateba asked National Security Council spokesman John Kirby after he finished answering another reporter's question on a different topic. Kirby had previously answered questions related to the visit Thursday of Angolan President Jao manuel Gonclaves Lorentz Lorenco Lorenzo I think that's French Gonslaves Gon, Gon Lorenzo to the White House Jean Pierre who is calling on reporters to ask questions of Kirby ignored a and called on a different reporter It is so surprising that you don't take you are receiving an African leader but you can't take a question from an African journalist Ataba said after being skipped over so he he spoke out of turn Okay we can end this briefing right now Jean-Pierre said as Ateba protested Atiba continued as a reporter called on by Jean-Pierre attempted to ask her question We can end this briefing if it's not going to be respectful here Jean-Pierre said stepping to the podium as a reporter could be heard mumbling oh my god you're receiving an african leader and you don't take a question Atiba continued before Jean-Pierre cut him off picked up her notes and walked away from the podium uh she has been known to have these uh moments of uh, rebellion or outburst against this particular journalist who feels that he is uh, being overlooked, passed over by uh, uh, Jean-Pierre because of his questioning, his line of questioning. It seems uh, to be investigative, speculative sometimes, uh, agonist. So... Anyway, they've got a conflict, and uh, she shut it down because he wanted to ask some questions here. So, uh, the White House threatened Ateba earlier this year with the revocation of his press privileges after a viral heated clash between him and Jean-Pierre during the June 26th press briefing when he criticized her for not allowing him to ask any questions you're incredibly rude you're being incredibly rude Jean-Pierre told Ateba at the time she proceeded to threaten to end the press briefing if Ateba wouldn't fall in line and stop interrupting Jean-Pierre's official office directly addressed Ateba in a letter the reporter shared on social media chiding him for the interruption well here's the truth there is a decorum there is a uh, a uh, a process uh, that they are meant to follow and go through. And she is leading the press briefing. It's up to her to ask questions. He feels as though he is being ignored and he is speaking up about that and he is being um, denied. So there it is. Moving on. Here we have biological advantages in sports. Debates fueled by FINA policy and transgender swimmer Leah Thomas's ncaa participation here we have an article by k latey for thrifty guardian a transgender swimmer has been has been generated discussions after winning the ncaa and not facing a ban. i believe this should be generating discussions Editor should have a look at that over at the thrifty guardian leah thomas a talented swimmer achieved national success after joining the women's team at Yale University. Before this, she competed on the men's team for three years but ranked much lower. Now, Leah Thomas's swimming career might face an uncertain future due to a new policy by the International Swimming Federation that bans most assigned male at birth swimmers from competing in women's events on the world stage. According to this policy, transgender swimmers must complete their transition by age 12 to be eligible to compete. The reason for this is to prevent the um, development of testosterone within the body. Uh, as most males know, once you reach puberty, uh, testosterone production begins to uh, increase, bone density begins to increase, muscle mass increases, thus strength power dominance of male athletes historically over female counterparts in the same sport so this is an attempt to regulate the uh, the level of exposure to testosterone for competitors the new policy was voted for by an overwhelming 71.5 percent of the governing board of swimming it also clarified that it doesn't support early childhood transitioning fair play a spokesperson for FINA, President Hussein al-Musalem, James Pierce, explained that the policy is based on scientific evidence that transitioning after puberty can provide an advantage which is deemed unfair. Leah Thomas won the 2022 NCAA Division I Championship in the 500-yard freestyle, but experts like Mayo Clinic doctor Michael Joyner and physiologist Ross Tucker believe she has a biological advantage over her female competitors. The advantage is thought to be mainly due to testosterone levels. Despite undergoing testosterone suppression for a year, as required by NCAA policy, the impact of nearly 20 years of male testosterone levels may not be fully reversible. In response to the controversy, Leah Thomas expressed that she identifies as a woman and sees herself as just a swimmer. However, popular public figures in sports and medicine have voiced concerns over the controversy. These figures include cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Oz, Olympian Michael Phelps, and former Olympic gold medalist Caitlyn Jenner, who have all expressed concerns about transgender athletes competing against athletes of different biological gender. Caitlyn Jenner argued that the University of Virginia swimmer Emma Wayant, who came in second place behind Thomas, should be considered the rightful champion of the event. In a conversation with TMZ, she stated, biological boys should not be playing in women's sports. We need to protect women's sports and... Leah Thomas is also not good for women's sports. It's unfortunate that this is happening. I don't know why she's doing it. Here, the former male Olympian makes it clear that she believes biological men should not compete in women's sports in order to protect the integrity of women's sports. Despite the differing opinions on the matter, the issue remains complex and there's no easy solution. Leah Thomas's success has brought attention to the debates surrounding transgender athletes in sports, and the governing bodies are working to find a fair and inclusive approach, while addressing concerns about competitiveness and fairness. Leah Thomas's journey as a swimmer has brought attention to the issue of transgender athletes competing in women's sports. The new policy by has sparked controversy and discussions about the biological advantages some athletes may have. While Leah Thomas identifies as a woman, the debate around transgender athletes in sports remains ongoing, and it's crucial to find a balanced approach that respects all athletes' rights and ensures fair competition. Pope Francis asks theologians to demasculinize the church. Here we have an article by Religion News Services, not a tribute to any specific individual. Speaking to members of the International Theological Commission at the Vatican on Thursday, Pope Francis asked theologians to demasculinize the church in an unscripted remark. There's something I don't like about you. If you excuse my honesty, said Pope Francis, pointing out that there were only five women among the 30-plus theologians. We need to move forward on this. Women have a way of reflecting on theology that is different from us men, he added. The International Theological Commission is part of the Roman Curia and advises the Vatican Doctrinal Department on Theological Issues. The Pope appoints its members, and women have been allowed to become members since 2004. Well, interesting that he says... He doesn't like what he sees. Hmm. The Pope said he studied the Italian theologi- theologian Romano giardini through the work of a woman, Hanna-Barbara Girl Falkovitz, who impacted his understanding of women in theology. Francis also noted that at the next meeting with the Council of Cardinals, a body that advises him on church matters, they will reflect on the role of women in the church. The General Secretary of the Commission, Monsignor Piero Coda, said Francis' words were an additional encouragement for something that is very dear to the Pope, but is also at the heart of the journey that the Church is undergoing through this synodal process. All right, so this article is basically stating that uh, the group of people that the Pope selected for his uh, <laughs> commission doesn't have enough women. So is he complaining that the pool of candidates to choose from doesn't have enough women or it doesn't have enough uh, qualified women? I'm not sure what this is getting at, but he's saying we need more women, less men, which is yet to be determined. Okay, moving on. This is a story by Jordan Andrews from State of the Union. Judge Deal's blow to Biden DOJ effort to stop Rachel Levine's emails from being exposed. The Department of Justice attempt to block Alabama's ban on sex change procedures for transgender minors had led to Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services Dr. Rachel Levine being compelled to become a custodian in the case. Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall is defending litigation against a law that criminalizes prescribing puberty blockers or hormones To transgender children, I'm glad the court granted our motion to require HHS to search Admiral Levine's emails for documents relevant to our defense of Alabama's law," Marshall said. "We look forward to reviewing the documents HHS produces as we continue to to defend Alabama's children. Levine has been at the forefront of the Biden administration's reckless promotion of sex modification procedures for children. There is no doubt about that nor about the Admiral's close involvement with radical organizations like WPATH, whose standards of care mandate the use of sterilizing hormones and surgeries to treat vulnerable children suffering from gender dysphoria, he added. The GOJ requested to be a party in the lawsuit, leading to a court ruling that Dr. Levine's emails are relevant to the case. The Attorney General is criticized criticized Levine's advocacy for sex modification procedures for children and praised a gender clinic promoting revisionist ideas about biological sex. But I'm positive, I am a positive and optimistic person, and I choose to be positive, optimistic, and I think that the wheels will turn on this Levine said. Okay. Very good. U.S. and Israel considering exiling Hamas terrorists to shorten conflict. Story by James Rothwell from The Telegraph. Israel and the U.S. are reportedly discussing how to exile thousands of Hamas terrorists from the Gaza Strip as a way of shortening the war in the territory. Officials had explored the idea of expelling thousands of low-ranking members of the group to countries such as Turkey, Qatar, Iran, Russia, and Lebanon, the Wall Street Journal reported. The move would aim to prevent the group from wreaking sorry, retaking power after the war, which Israel says is critical to Gaza becoming governable in the future. The proposal is similar to the 1980s era agreement brokered by the US that allowed the late Palestinian leader, Yasser Arafat, and thousands of fighters to leave Beirut and Tunisia during an Israeli siege of the Lebanese capital. So they're considering moving these guys around to prevent them from coming back and taking over. University of California professors condemned school system presidents' viewpoint on Middle East conflicts, a story by Sarah Fortinsky of The Hill. A group of about 150 University of California professors penned a public letter rebuking the school system's president for proposing new educational programs that would, in part, train faculty on presenting a viewpoint-neutral history of the Middle East. In a letter Thursday, the faculty took issue with several aspects of the proposal and called on University of California President Michael Drake to rescind his use of the term viewpoint neutral history from his remarks to the UC Board of Regents on November 15th. We are all committed to inclusivity and academic excellence, but to suggest that the UC administration should determine how and what we teach will set a chilling precedent for our field and the many others engaged in teaching topics that may be considered controversial or divisive, like climate change, the history of racism, and genocide and mass atrocity, the professors wrote in their letter. By using the term, the professors continued, you appear to be calling into question the academic integrity of the community of University of California scholars, already engaged in historical study and teaching of the Middle East. So what they're stating is that uh, we should remove the ability to debate and go with a neutral form of language that will uh, Not allow for debate. You know, they want to shut down free speech. They don't want ideas uh, to be discussed where someone could lean towards a different narrative such as pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas, whatever. They want it to be, hey, Middle East, everything's okay. Don't work like that. All right, here we go. State of the Union with another article by Andrew Rodriguez. This time, Attorney General calls out Biden administration's plan that would effectively ban Christians from fostering children. A proposed rule by the Biden administration that would require foster parents to adhere to a child's chosen gender identity, potentially excluding faithful Christian families, has come under major criticism. Republican attorneys general have criticized the proposal arguing it violates religious freedom and would be a harm to the foster care system. The proposed rule infringes on the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech, fundamental rights preserved by the First Amendment. The letter reads, The Supreme Court has repeatedly rejected attempts by the government to exclude foster care providers based on religious beliefs or to mandate speech on private actors. So it looks like Biden's uh, proposal here is going to fail based off of law and precedent. Major new conflict may be brewing on America's doorstep. An article from Newsweek by Brendan Cole. Venezuela might mount a military move into Guyana as Caracas faces accusations that it is attempting an aggressive land grab in its resource rich neighbor. It has been reported. Brazilian intelligence has warned that the Venezuelan army is going to invade Guyana in the coming days, defenseblog.org reported, raising concerns about regional stability and territorial disputes in South America. Open source X account OSINT defender posted on Wednesday that Brazilian armed forces are in a heightened state of readiness following a significant movement of military equipment and personnel in eastern Venezuela on the border of Guyana. A referendum in Venezuela is scheduled for Sunday in which President Nicolas Maduro and his government will ask voters to answer questions such as whether current and future residents of Esquibo should be granted Venezuelan citizenship. Hmm. Maduro's main challenger in Venezuela's upcoming presidential elections, Maria Corina Machado, has said the referendum must be suspended. On Tuesday, the U.S. ambassador to Guyana, Nicole Terrio, said when Washington had not shifted its position on the legitimacy of the border and called on Caracas to respect its neighbor's sovereignty. Media in Guyana reported, Assistant U.S. Secretary of State Brian Nicholas has said in September that efforts to infringe upon Guyana's sovereignty are unacceptable. Our approach to Nicolas Maduro is not changing. He is not the legitimate leader of Venezuela. Interesting. Forbes writes by Ariana Johnson. What to know about rapidly spreading Pirola COVID variant BA 2.86 and if vaccines offer protection. Pirola, or BA 2.86 is the third most prevalent COVID strain in the U.S., and although there may be concerns the new monovalent vaccines, which protect against the XBB lineage, that Pirola isn't a part of, don't offer protection against Pirola and its subvariants. Drug makers and the CDC are sure the vaccines offer defense. Key facts. Pirola made up 8.8% of cases as of November 25th, almost triple the number of cases the variant made up during the previous two-week period, ending in November 11th, when Pirola wasn't one of the top five most prevalent variants, according to data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. It's circulating the most in the Northeast, where it's the second most common variant in the region, 13% after HV1. Pirola joined four other variants, as variants of interest, by the World Health Organization on Monday a step up from its variant under monitoring, label in August. Both Pfizer BioNTech and Novavax told Forbes their latest vaccine offer some protection from Parola, and a September clinical trial from Moderna found its latest shot provided an 8.7-fold increase in protection. The public health risk posed by this variant is low. There it is. That's all you need to know. Child pneumonia outbreak in some US states As similar illness surges in China, at least two U.S. states have reported outbreaks of child pneumonia cases while fears abound on a similar illness spreading in China and Europe. The Warren County Health District in Ohio recorded an extremely high number of pediatric pneumonia cases since August. The number is 142, above the the county average and meets the department's definition of an outbreak. We do not think this is novel or new respiratory disease but rather a large uptick in the number of pneumonia cases normally seen at one time stated the health district on wednesday and again uh, as mentioned previously they believe that this well at least the chinese have reported that this outbreak of respiratory diseases is based off of uh, the lack of immunity uh, produced by having everyone locked in or locked down due to the COVID restrictions, and this is an immune response due to uh, a lack of exposure to viruses over the past several years. Nothing to see here as of yet. Jeffrey Epstein flight logs denied by Democrat-led Senate Judiciary Committee, Blackburn says. Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican of Tennessee, criticized Senator Dick Durbin, a Democrat from Illinois, for allegedly blocking her request to file a subpoena for Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. At Senator Durbin blocked my request to subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. What are Democrats trying to hide? Blackburn posted on X. Blackburn called Durbin's actions a sad day in the history of the prestigious Judiciary Committee. Senate Democrats have long been trying to undermine the Supreme Court and Justice Clarence Thomas, but want to ignore Justice Sotomayor allegedly using her taxpayer-funded staff to coordinate speaking engagements in exchange for selling and promoting thousands of her books. They also don't want to have a conversation about the estate of Jeffrey Epstein to find out the names of every person who participated in Jeffrey Epstein's human trafficking ring, Blackburn said in a statement. If you're unaware, Jeffrey Epstein was a financier living in New York who also had several uh, estates around America and the globe, owned a private island in the Caribbean. And on this private island, he would take celebrities, he would take uh, politicians, he would take famous, important people, influence them by whining, dining, offering specific things that you wouldn't necessarily get in some places. So, um on this island there have been reports that uh there have been underage sex acts sex slavery all kinds of things of such nature and there's flight logs uh based off of what has been uh, labeled as the lolita express where he would be traveling with scientists politicians and they want the logs released who was on the island and then they want to investigate why so Blackburn put forth a bill to um, get that information and it was blocked and she feels that the Democrats are hiding something. And potentially they are because it is known for sure that there is many politicians on that list. Alright, our final article for the day is thousands of UFOs in Earth's orbit. U.S. Space Force releases tracking plan to deal with potential threats. This is by David Wetzel of KNews. It appears that the truth is in fact out there, but perhaps not as far out as we think. The United States Space Force, created under the Trump administration to explore UFOs and other space anomalies, has detected thousands of unidentified objects in Earth's orbit. KNews.com has learned. According to the Daily Mail, the Space Force told personnel this month that there were so many sightings that they're hindering threat identification the main mission for the agency, which is a branch of the Pentagon. While many of the detected objects could prove to be man-made space junk and natural debris, like meteoroids, the United States and other countries are looking on with great national interest. One particular area of concern outlined in the Space Doctrine publication, 3-100, Space Domain Awareness, Doctrine for Space Force Forces, is the area between Earth and the Moon. The U.S. Space Force notes that it currently does not have great access to patrolling that area for potential threats. Current sensor capabilities will find that the vastness of space between the Earth and the Moon and around the Moon creates challenging conditions for search, custody, and collection operations in support of joint forces. New sensors of all types, particularly space-based, will be required to develop and maintain SDA beyond GEO. I would assume that it would be security beyond Earth. So, the technology is not there just yet. So, that is our news for today, wrapping up a Friday. I hope you all enjoyed the content. If you did, like and subscribe. I want to thank all my day oneers for coming back. I want to thank all my new SIG tags for joining the community. This is the ambush. Come and join. Spread the link. Share it, mom and dad, nan, pop, aunts, uncles, even your children can benefit from hearing this news. And just remember, 10,000 subs, the mask comes off, I reveal who the tiger really is. And again, if you're unsure about financial information, you want to know what the stock market is, how to look at a chart, what the heck is cryptocurrency, isn't that stuff illegal? Isn't that what criminals use? No. It is an asset class and it is totally legit. It is very volatile, meaning that it goes up and down a lot. I'm talking like 10 to 30% in a day. So if you want to get involved in some risky assets, you can get involved in cryptocurrency. If you want to get involved in the stock market, which is considered a lot safer, then I can teach you all about that. Come check out at Sigma Tiger trade on YouTube. And of course at Sigma Tiger news on Twitter. If you like text-based news, Again, thank you all for the support. Like, share, subscribe. Let the world know that you're a Sigma Tiger and you love it. We'll see you next time. Sigma Tiger signing off.